welcome to another edition of Practitioner Radio, Pink Elephant's podcast for the IT management community. Welcome to Practitioner Radio. Episode 40, Pink Elephant's podcast for the IT practitioner, IT management, the IT community. Hey, it's Chris Dancy. Episode 40, I'm here with Troy Dubelay. Troy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. It's been too long. It's been a couple of weeks since the conference. Yeah, I mean, pink is one of those things. That I'm pink washed afterwards. I'm just overwhelmed and... And and it was fun. You've been a busy guy, though. You've been global trotting, and you've been on the cover of Wired magazine. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's just, it's it's been a bit much. I am not worthy, Chris. I'm I'm, I'm impressed. Oh whatever. <laughs> I, I will always, always, you know, I will say this, and I don't care who listens. I will always thank Fatima and the team there at Pink. I I, I learned more in my time at Pink uh, than I had before that. And you guys are all consummate professionals of such a keen eye for business. So kudos to you. To, to, you know, to, speaking of kudos, you sent me today's topic and I thought, Troy, we're you trying to, you're just trying to make our, make me confused and, and trying to educate people and trying to enlighten. Are we actually going to go down a scrum road today? We're going to talk about scrum and how we apply agile to ITSM and basically operations type projects, which where it normally doesn't sit, usually it lives on the dev side. Right. It, it, when, when this show goes live, and, and we'll probably have some title of it about Agile ITSM, or I'd like to put Scrum in it, because I, I don't think people really kind of relate this. So do we want to just start off by kind of breaking down Scrum methodology as best as, I don't know what I am, a, a gadgety geeky person and a really smart business person can do? Should we try to do that? Absolutely. And I think if you have a moment, put in the show notes that video I sent you, Scrum in 10 minutes, because like you said, it's kind of like being jacked into the matrix and, and downloading Scrum <laughs> in like seven minutes flat. Yeah, so uh, so uh, Troy sends me a video uh, for today's show. I said, hey, watch this. And this is what we're going to talk about. And that's, you know, in the behind the scenes of practitioner radio. It's always like that. Troy's just like, hey, we're going to talk about this. And like, okay, dude, I have to learn something new in, in five minutes. So Troy sends me this video. I was like, I watched it like, boom. It's like the matrix where Neo says, I need to fly a helicopter. And then he cocks his head. He goes, I can fly a helicopter. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. So I follow people and I watch people who talk about this development methodology. So Scrum, I guess, is it safe to say it's a development methodology? Yeah, so Agile in principle is a we is basically a, a principle of project and product development that looks at short sprints of hmm. product development to get very small packages at a point of ship ready or production ready. And you focus more on these Iterative sprints, for lack of a better word, that's a scrum word, right? right? Versus the entire project all at once. And so the the counterpart to this is waterfall is says, okay, I've got this project, this product to create. I have 150 tasks. Let's line them up. Let's figure out the dependencies. And somewhere near the end of this, we'll get close to understanding if we've actually built something and I'll test it. And you really have this kind of consecutive set of steps that's really long and lengthy and the risk, of course, to waterfall methodology, which is the classic project management approach, is you could get way down the path and maybe what you're building is no longer relevant to the uh, what was first asked, but even what was first asked changed five times since you started. But, and, but probably more importantly, if you're a 90s pop music fan, TLC told us very clearly, don't go chasing waterfalls. They did indeed. Well, they, they, were, they, were, they were wise in the way of project management. <laughs> 
TLC, their first project managers in hip hop. Now, the print, this is a bit more on this. Prince 2 comes along and talks about stage gating. So at least you keep checking back on the waterfall every big block, right? So it's right. the beginning of this check back and reevaluate and refocus kind of concept. Well, Scrum is even earlier in the life cycle than that. It really focuses on, on, on small sets of tasks that are packaged into things which are called sprints, which are packaged into things which are called releases. And it really says, okay, figure out your release, your sprint, then evaluate. So it's it's really this iterative design methodology. So I watched the video, and some of the things I took away, um, and I, I just want to share, because, you know, if, if you watch a something distilled to 10 minutes, and then I'm going to distill it to 60 seconds, I think it's always really interesting to say, well, what did, you know, Chris take away before we get into this idea of agile service management and, and, and these concepts of, of moving quicker. So first, I loved the concept of user stories Yes, and user stories actually driving a product backlog because that, again, that sounds like everything we kind of fall back to when we need something to talk about. The other thing was the... The, the user stories then being placed into like a wish list or something around this product backlog. Correct. So again, so it's it's definitely you know outside in driven, I guess if you would. But they do then talk about a product owner, which in the video they talk about the product owner talking about which parts of the user stories as it relates to the users and customers. And I thought it was really interesting in the video they used both words for the product owner. But I really liked the concept of the Scrum Master who monitors, but more importantly enables making sure people had the right tools and the right environment to get these things done. And then having these daily meetings. What, what are the daily meetings called? I can't remember what they're called. Well, there's daily scrum, scrum meetings. Where they, if yeah. you apply the agile and lean concepts together, we talk, call them Kanban meetings. Okay. Or, or Kanban scrum meetings, whatever you want to call them. But there's this overlap there too. The daily scrum, which was you, you just get together. But it all kind of goes and filters into because of the, now you've got your, you know, to me, you know, you've got your culture. You've got someone who's kind of the master who's enabling people. You've got someone really focused on customers and those stories. You've got a way of measuring it, which is very quantifiable, a thing that I'm kind of into lately, by creating these sprints. And you have multiple sprints within one release. And, and a sprint is great because it's very short and it's very easy to measure because you can take the average that people are working. And you don't say something. And what I loved about the video is you don't say it's a three-hour thing. Everything is, is a one-day project and it falls in a couple different buckets. I think they were one hour, two hour, four hour, or eight hour. And then you base your success on these really short things. So it's you know, it's not the success of did you build Rome? It's success of did you think about drawing this the city map for the first three feet of Rome? It's you know it's very, very small. And I and I loved that and it all kind of got dilstounded into this thing called a burn down chart so that you can actually see and actually measure success and project in a very quantified way a, a level of success. So I guess net net, uh, how'd I do? Perfect. You now know how to do Scrum in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll put a link in the show notes, and, and, and as always, we've had this last year. You can find the show notes on Servicesphere or on Pink Elephant's blog. You can look for Troy's blog, and they're always on SoundCloud and other places. Um, I want to come back to your voice of customer, though. Let's start there. Yeah. Because you just described the entire methodology in a really nice nutshell. But let's go back to the the voice of customer that you like so much. Mm. You know, that's not so different than ITIL's and service management's focus on value, right? What is what is value? It's it's what the customer declares it is, right? It's mm. it's the outcomes the customer receives in this context. This is the outside in. Value can't be described in the way of best practice 
you know, or technical function. Value is what has it done for me lately? Mm. Value is Janet Jackson. <laughs> there we go. So that's pretty, so much. We had TLC. We might as well go with what have you done for me lately? Sorry. We, it's been too long. We need, to, we need to rehearse. We need to get together more often so I don't seem so silly. Sorry. What's, what's love but a secondhand emotion, really? Oh, okay. Now you're, t- yeah, now you're <laughs> Tina Turner. We've got all of R&B for 20 years in one podcast. The, the, value, the, the value question, that can, that come, that's coming up so much more lately. So we do, you know, we talk about in ITIL projects, ITSM projects, doing a current state assessment. And then you want to make a, establish a roadmap of improvements based on that. How would you go about prioritizing those improvements? You would look at where are the pain points that the customer is experiencing t- today? Where are they complaining the most or what do they want the most they currently don't have you would look at prioritizing your improvement opportunities based on customer value proposition of that improvement mm. not on whether it meets some idle frame of reference best practice standards or not so you know you don't say i need a cab so let's get one of those cabs because idle told me to you need you you would say changes just are not being coordinated and organized well, and they're disrupting the lives of the business community because we're not uh, gating changes into production in such a way that we're not disrupting business. Exactly. I I have a a friend who's actually in a job interview today, and he's a service desk, or he's a support person in a large IT organization. And he's been there for six years. He's he's, uh, 31. And he's going to interview with another job today. First job change he's had. And he was telling me he was nervous and all this other kind of stuff. And he said, do you have any advice for me for the, for the interview? And I said, well, you know, what, what do you, you know, from your point of view, what works well and what doesn't work well in your company today? And he said, one of the things that drives me crazy is because he works for a resorts company that has, manages hotels and things, is, you know, we have these changes that go on in our organization. And he doesn't know our lingo, right? He's actually a real practitioner, right? And, uh, and he goes, but then when they go wrong, you know, they affect the people at, who are checking into the hotels and then they get upset and then they are upset and the front desk people get upset because the customers are getting upset with them and then they call up the support people and the support people get upset and then they yell at us because of something that went wrong or something that went right. I said, okay, so when you go to your meeting today, you know, for this job interview, you can look like just another tech or you can say, it really, it's interesting to me how you guys handle the idea of how changes and things in the environment affect your customers, the people who actually use, it was a Forest Sporting uh, store here in Denver, how the people actually, the customers and the point of service machines, you know, what, what considerations do you take when you, and he said, well, why would I say that? Well, you just said it was important to me. He said, yeah. I said, if you say that, you will look different than any other tech that walked in the door. Because they're speaking from the voice of the customer, the value proposition of the customer, and what does that give me today? Exactly. But he knew how to say it when he was just talking to me. But he didn't see the value in explaining it to a hiring manager. It was important to him, like as a friend to friend. But he didn't think of it as a business skill. Yeah, I mean, writing on behest of or in the voice of the customer is not a natural skill for an IT professional. Mm, okay. uh, we typically, you know, don't even respect them, let alone want to describe prioritization in their voice. Harsh, harsh. That's true. Harsh Troy Dumoulin. Yeah, that's okay. You can be harsh with me. Yeah, uh, literally. You know, most IT people think customers or users are a, a bother. Yeah, no. And, and and as a user, you know, and we're both users and customers. You know, th- th- what I loved about this scrum and this topic today was it kind of addresses some of that stuff. It's empowering to both the tech and the customer because we're both coming from the same. We, it, they even call it a user story. So, what's your story? This is so much more. You know, a story is so much more powerful than a lesson. So, there, we either have to correct something the user is currently not experiencing well, hmm. or we give them something they're asking for because they, there's a business need for it. But the key is we prioritize improvement based on 
outside in thinking. Mm. A lot of that conversation conversation going on in our space right now, and it is in alignment with ITSM if you follow the principle of value. Then then you started talking about, okay, now we've got the voice of customer, yep. right? And even writing up your assessment results should be done in that concept. So you do this baseline assessment, you write your recommendations based on what will the impact be to the customer story. Now I'm allowed and capable to take that information into package this into short-term releases. So we're going to do this as near-term, this is mid-term, that's long-term. And now I look at my near-term. Now, this is a bit different Mm. because when we think about transformation Mm. versus incremental improvement, Mm. they're two very different goals. And agile may or may not be the best approach for transformation. So let me define transformation quickly by saying, let's get everyone to change the way they behave, think, and act on a new tool as fast as possible. We're changing the entire game. Attitude, behavior, culture, technology, partner. We have a lot of moving parts all integrated, and we have to do it as, as fast as possible. These are, you know, we have a, we're moving off this system, we're moving on to that system. We have to have an entire new set of understanding of how that happens. That's, uh, when, you, when you phrase it that way, that seems very ego-driven. And it's often, you know, could be business-driven because we're out of time on this system and we have to change over. could be driven by compliance issues. We have an yeah. immediate change we have to make. So sometimes it's ego, but some... No, that was just my first gut, was, was it's ego, is that, is that we can. We can actually change everything overnight as if by switching a switch. But you're right, for a compliance issue, you actually don't have a choice, do you? <laughs> if you're breaking the law, you have to change overnight. And damn the torpedoes, we just got to do this all at once, everything. Yeah. Right? Now, the other way you could look at this is we just want to get better. Mm. We want to get better incrementally. Mm. We want to fix some things about the service desk. We want to improve the single point of contact. So let's put in an IVR technology with some decent, um, you know, decent responses and, diff- and decent level of complexity and a single number to call instead of 12. Mm. Now, I haven't stood up a full service desk. I haven't, you know, transformed the way I do support. But I have done a sprint focused on front door improvement, mm. right? And I deploy it. And so it's about design, build, deploy pieces. Now, mm. it said ship ready and ship ready should be I'm now shipping it out. So I'm releasing product incrementally over a period of time. And I'm releasing lots of product, continuous product release. Mm. In change management, I could, you know, go in and put a cab up. Right, I, I have a sprint that's focused on change classification improvement. So I got big changes, medium changes, minor changes, standard changes, and emergency changes. Right now, I only have one change. So instead of going out and deploying the entire process, and I'm now on a new system of automation. Mm. I felt you. I, I felt you going there. <laughs> I felt the car slide, and I'm like, okay, the process word's coming. <laughs> we're gonna actually, uh, we're gonna apply this methodology to processes because anything can be built either incrementally or anything all at once. Yep. The incremental gives me the quicker hit, the the short term wins we've always been looking for, but it also means continuous change. Like, there's not a point where you stop with these sprints, and so there's changes coming out every two weeks, every month. And that is, you know, design, build, deploy, design, build, deploy versus a lot of the transformation projects we're involved in. Let's figure out all the people side, all the process side, all the partner integration side, all the tool information. Let's get that. They're all integrated project plans. And I have an example of that we'll put in the show notes. But the reality is we get all of these things built and then we deploy them all as one package. 
That's transformation. Those two transformation uh, versus the iterative changes, you know, know, from a psychological standpoint, you know, here we are in 2013, that actually kind of is interesting because you wonder if people aren't conditioned in some way to be more responsive to what I would call a distraction culture. So, uh, you know, constant changes. And... Whereas we spent decades trying to condition them and culturally make things environmentally friendly enough to have these transformational changes. But if literally society now is creating people psychologically who are more prone to this type of methodology of little teeny constant changes because of the distracted constraining systems they work in. You know, I think it's it does suit our... ADD time set of... See, I did, but did you not notice I tried everything not to use that term? <laughs> I know, but I'll go there. <laughs> I, wait, I wait with all the words, con- constrained, you know, destructive systems. We have attention spans yeah, of yeah. goldfish sometimes, but the okay. reality is that we're getting, you know, with the internet world, that's even becoming a bigger issue. Yeah, and some of us look like we're from a carnival, so it, it works. All right. But the, one of the problems is, and let's take, you know, you work for a software company right now. Yep. A big one. <laughs> big one. And when you do a total transfer, uh, switch out of a current system or even upgrade your current system to the same vendor, you're having to change everything. You're having to change process, how people work, you know, how you support this thing. I know. And, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's crazy because I get to talk to our CIO, right? We have 6,000 employees, right? It's, it's funny because it's like, and I get to talk to our financial people and, and all of these people. I've, I've been invited to talk. And it's, it's the one thing I found out, Troy, is practitioner radio really isn't about like IT. It's like, it's about culture. Like, every single team I talk to is going through what we're facing what we talk about absolutely we're in a constant our economy is in constant change sometimes we're forced in the transformation where we would be better suited to agile incremental Mm. now someone's asked me well why can't you just apply the incremental to the big transformation you can but you're going to have continuous change you have to accept that and it's going to take you longer because you're always in the design build deploy right so there's all these middle or little (laughs) medium deployments versus one big one so I think you can get it done in an agile way, but transformation would take longer, in my opinion, that way. And culturally, you know, you're probably, you know, the one thing I've learned from you, I don't think I ever tell you, I tell you often kind of things I pick up from you, is blended approach. And not everyone is fit for this type of methodology. Not everyone's going to be comfortable in a transformation project. So you, you just hit a very important thing. You don't have to have an either or. <laughs> I learned that from you. you. You're the one who taught me that it's not either or. Would you agree that the, the rock is harder to move initially, that once you get it going, then you can you get momentum and then you, it keeps going? But the first yeah. few and pushes... Yeah, you don't even really have to... Yeah, you don't, sometimes you don't even have to move the rock. You just have to have a good look at it. I think, you know, because of the culture today, it's, you know, we're just afraid to even glance at it. Like, oh, there's a stone near my foot. You know, as if it might bite you. It's a stone. Just <laughs> kick it a little. It's not going to hurt. And maybe we only have to move it... Three inches the first time. Exactly. Right. So what you can do, because the worst thing you can have is fail, right? If you fail, everyone just basically says, I knew that would never work. What if you started with a more incremental initially? So to fix this report, fix this customer service desk issue, fix this uh, change advisory approval mechanism, Mm. just fix these incremental sprints. Then we get moving, people get used to change, and now we got to go and replace the entire system. Mm. So now we move into the transformation model. But we kind of mm. warmed up to the change with the Scrum approach first, and then we swapped into major system change. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a, a Prius. You know, it, it doesn't use the motor. It doesn't go transformation mode when it doesn't have to, right? It's, it's charging that motor up, but it's, you know, it's, 
I think there's something to be said about that analogy that I'm not doing well. Um. <laughs> well, no, when you're in the short stop, start and stop, and you're in the city driving, yeah. the engine doesn't come on until you get a need for more power, more speed. Yeah. But you can still get moving off the stop mark with that. With very little. Yeah, and, literally a spark. And the sprint. You don't even hear the car start. <laughs> the yeah. spark sprint. The sprinty spark. Yeah. Sprinty spark, spark, spark. So, um, yeah, I don't even know where that went with that. So I like this because I think, again, you know, I think it allows IT departments and at least allows me to feel comfortable saying it allows IT departments, even if it doesn't, the ability to say, we can just start like right here on this and that's really it. You know, you, you, when you said, you know, you were talking earlier about how you would write this plan, you're talking about, you know, from the point of view of the customer and you actually were like, you'd have to go back and listen to the show, folks, about seven and a half minutes. But you were describing it and I was just like, you were writing a project plan from the point of view of a customer as a pink employee who is a consultant. And I'd never heard that out loud before. It was really interesting. Yeah. The key is it has to, why are we doing it? You know, if we're not doing it for value, for customer, for customer experience, then why even bother? This comes back to a survey we did about two years ago. We surveyed about 10 of our major projects. Nine of them, when we asked them, why are you doing this ITSM thing? Nine of them says, said it was for an IT efficiency project. <laughs> Just about rolled over and died. You know, why would we do ITSM or improvements for IT efficiency. This should all be about customer value. If it's not about customer value, why spend the money? That's waste in lean terminology. Why do you think it is that there is a focus on customer value at this level? Have we do we just know the other concepts so well that this is the new shiny? Is it a are we psychologically different as a culture. I mean, uh, Rob England now has this concept he's calling slow IT. I mean, uh, there's lots of weird things happening. And I know as tech people, you know, uh, people like to say, oh, tech people just like the new shiny. But that also applies to ideology, not just gadgets. In the book, Run, Grow, Transform, that I contributed a chapter, we talked to this subject. So the key question you just ask is, who is my customer? Hmm. On the dev side, they're working every day because they're customer business unit facing. Let's use that word, okay? Hmm. Business partner facing because a customer could be your end market customer. But they are used to designing and developing product and or outcomes based on the business unit requirements. But then I have operations or infrastructure, and they're more back office for the most part, though they do have some business unit customer services like telephony and desktop and blah, 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 collaboration. But they're not used to thinking of business unit in terms of customer. They're usually thinking about, I've got my data center here, and my customers are IT folks embedded within that application group. Hmm. So that's an interesting concept. And they're all about uh, stabilize, guard, control. They're not so much focused on on the business unit voice, right? The the end market voice. They're focused on optimization of infrastructure assets. Where did that tribe come from? Was there a time when tech was? Is it just that tech is different now? I mean, where did that tribe evolve out of? Well, dev is about new value creation. Mm-hmm. Ops is about. Uh, stabilization and run an asset optimization. Mm-hmm. They're not used to thinking in the voice of customer view. They're used to thinking in asset optimization. Mm. The interesting thing is that 8 out of 10 ITSM projects are implemented from an ops perspective. Mm. So they take the ITSM concepts and they apply them for asset optimization, not value creation. And I love the idea that, you know, when you're talking about dev and ops, 
<laughs> not DevOps. Uh, well, yeah, the development DevOps. could, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but development could also, you know, you know how you know. I, you know, I don't think it's a secret. I, I'm keenly interested in people. That that development, even in the Scrum idea, could be about humans. You could have human sprints. You know, Certainly. What, what do we want to do as an ideology or as a team or as a culture? What types of small cultural changes could we attempt? Any objective you're trying to achieve can be done incrementally or through massive transformation all at once mm. or a combination there of both. Mm. What is more effective based on your goal? If you just want to get better and show quick wins, incremental is the way to go. Scrum is the preferred method. If you don't have the time... And you have to move a massive rock very fast, and you have to make sure it's all deployed at one time and not in incremental pieces, then Scrum can't hit your your goal. You're going to have to try a different approach. So maybe culturally, the reason we're seeing this now is, you know, the the DevOps movement and, and all of these other things happen is because we we now have a, you know, you said nine out of 10 of them were operationally based, but the de- because the development was business facing value proposition, they now seem to have a role at the table, which they always did. But it's more visible because of the focus on the customer. I, I, I just for me, Troy, I guess I need to understand it in some way. Maybe some listeners do. Maybe some don't care how these things come about. Well, let me put it this way: ITSM has always been the full life cycle, right? Strategy, design, transition, operations. But how is it usually? implemented from a normal ops way of thinking. What processes come out first? Yeah, I mean, I, yes, incident. <laughs> incident problem change, stop. That's the incident problem change dance, right? And many organizations never move beyond that because they never move higher in the stack, which is the business engagement part of this, portfolio design, right? New value creation. Because A, there is no enterprise. It's an op strategy and an, a dev strategy, and there's no enterprise strategy. But the other side is those are the processes that make sense for them. Stabilization, as, asset optimization, risk avoidance, risk management. So let me ask you a question about being customer-centric. Who's the first customer you try to satisfy every day? Personally? Yep. My family. All right. That's my primary because I, I work to live, not live to work. Because I, I realized recently, you know, I was thinking about DevOps and, and, and thank you again for this topic today. And I've shared with this a few people. I think the transformation for me, if I were to create a culture of one, uh, like the, the, the me culture, became when I actually became my first customer. Get up and I treated myself and, my, and I treated my thoughts well. And I treated, I found I wasn't, I, I was more capable to culturally be a better fit with others when I was culturally a better fit by being kind to myself and then my family and those people around me. And, you know, we talk a lot about being customer focused, but I often wonder if we consider ourselves in that equation. Sorry, that was a lot for the end of the radio show. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to follow you there, but I, I hear what you're saying. You're talking about the fruit of the spirit, basically. But <laughs> Exactly. Well, I knew you'd have a better way Love, of putting joy, it. Love, joy, kindness, patience, yes. peace. And, and yes, when you, you do unto others as you expect them to do unto you. Yes, there. See, you, you made it simple. That's what I love about you. You know what? You, I was thinking you were going somewhere else with this, but yeah. let's say I, you have to move your family yep. uh, from one side of the country to the other side. Mm. Yeah, you've got to take the kids out of school, enroll them in a new school system. You have to buy a new home. We have to hire the movers. You have to move everything all at once. Mm. All right. That's a transformation. Definitely. And you got to have multiple integrated <laughs> things you got to consider in projects to get done, to get everybody 
to the new place, into the new job, into the new schools, into the new home, get new insurance, new ad- address change, everything. All once. You can't wait. You can't do them in mm. sprints. Unless you bought, you know, a home incrementally and then you moved a little bit, a little bit. So you could eventually move to the West or East Coast using a, a scrum methodology, but it would take a lot longer. You would have to do things incrementally. You follow me here? No, totally. Yeah, because I've been involved in office moves and it is... And all or nothing. I mean, not just one department or one system, everything at once. Yes. Now, could you do it incrementally? You could. You could uh, You could find a job first. Yep. And you could arrange to work remotely. Yep. Travel back and forth. Yeah. Bring some of your belongings out. Look for schools. Let your kids, yeah. Yep. Bring your kids out in the summer so there's not a big hit for that. Actually move house at the end of summer. Yeah, you could. So you could do that in a six-month window. Hmm. Uh, and in some cases, it's probably more effective. And there are maybe dependencies like, you know, your kids need to finish a school year that makes it happen that way. And in that model, a scrum of incremental sprints would be a great thing. Hmm. But sometimes you've got to take 30 days and get everybody to the other coast. Yep. And that's not necessarily going to be useful using a scrum. That's a transformation. You've got to ask yourself, what goal am I trying to achieve here? And what methodology works best? But if you don't have a budget, all right, I'm going back to the ITSM. We can always assume that's true. <laughs> Let's say my leadership really doesn't buy in or I have of only limited leadership buy-in. Um, I don't have the, uh, the budget to buy a new tool. I don't have dev on side, so I really have to focus what I can improve within my own sphere of influence. Now Scrum is the better approach Yep. because I can stand up this little thing. Work on that project, work on that component, and I can show value, I can build momentum, I can gain attention at the upper levels to say, look at at what I'm doing, this is great, isn't this improving life? It kind of makes you wonder if shadow IT just isn't the customer's version of Scrum. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) You know, because they're definitely doing something because something's not happening today. Yeah, and they're iteratively doing it themselves, with or without, because they don't have leadership buy-in or funding. So in this constrained situation you don't have the ability to transform so scrum is your only sane method of operation yep and you can actually break it down into these pieces absolutely that's nice because some people need to actually see this little framework and that's what i loved about the video on this topic today yeah we, we call this quick wins or service improvement plans but here's a model a methodology that allows you to to put a frame of management in a then a burn down chart which gives me my progression against my objectives right so it's brilliant you just got to know when and how to apply it. But it's so flexible and it's also refreshing to have a methodology that focuses more on incremental, constant, ready to ship, ready to ship, ready to ship. I love it. I love it. Do you know what is ready to ship right now? It's that time. It's time for Troy's Thunderbolt ready to ship tip of the day. Consider using an agile scrum methodology to achieve your continual service improvement goals especially when you're after incremental improvement. Brilliant. Troy, thank you so much, and I'll see you in two weeks. In two weeks. Take care. Take care.